This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Agency Intelligence Podcast, where I give you a real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass, back in your ear once again, and we have our man, Mr. Doug Benz. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, I know that guy. That Oh my God, I can't believe it. it's the reason why I hit play, Cass. And then there's 50% of you that are like, I've never heard of this guy. Like, who is this guy? You are in for a treat because he's new to me too. I got to tell you, Doug and I know of each other. We know each other through our mutually... Uh, our mutual good friend, the one, the only, the crazy son of a bitch, Mr. David Carruthers. Um, and so, and I don't know if there's any better way to describe him than that. <laughs> I think that's you know? pretty spot on. I mean, other than if it's David listening, he'd say, roll the red carpet out, tell him about my background. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. But anyways, I love that man. And that's how I've kind of got to know Doug of what I know of him. And loyal listeners, you're getting ready to get to, get to know him. So Doug, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, thanks for very much for having me, Jason. I appreciate it very much. Great little great background you have there for all you loyal listeners who are watching on YouTube. You get to see he's got his, uh, looks like downtown area right behind you. It is, it is. Our office is in downtown Buffalo, so uh, got a lot of windows here, and the sun is pretty harsh today, so I'm kind of pointed out the side of the office instead of, usually we have a nice scape towards downtown, but... Uh, I mean, Doug, I mean, we won't get into this, but I... I mean, how much does how much does the city of Buffalo pay people to live there? Okay, <laughs> it's so goddamn cold. I don't understand how you people do it. Um, I think it's cold where I live. It's got to be one hell of a tax incentive that they must give you guys to keep you there. Yeah, something like that, I guess. I actually don't think there are any tax incentives to uh, damn live it's cold. In Buffalo, but it's 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 not almost the cold as much as it is the amount of snow. So it's not yes. as frigid as some spots, but we we're on um, the end of Lake Erie, the eastern end of Lake Erie, and we get uh, what they call lake effect snow here. So we can get some big. Uh, some big snow dumps from time to time. But as you can see behind me, it's pretty mild so Looks far. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a Looks bright, beautiful. sunny day. It's not too cold. I'm knocking so. on wood for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, Doug, uh, you ready? I'm ready. First question, are you an iPhone or you a Droid user? I am an iPhone user. Wah, wah, wah. Big surprise. Yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, nah, not really. But it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I know. I am an Apple I guy. I mean, you are... You are pretty cool. So I was <laughs> thinking you. if anybody is probably droid, it would probably be you. But, nope, you disappointed me again. Yeah, sorry. All right, sorry. no, totally joking, Doug. <laughs> hey, tell us the last app you downloaded. 
The last app I downloaded was, I think, TikTok, believe it or not. I, I had a chance Boom. to meet the great um, Daniel Song a few weeks ago, and, uh, uh, you know, he amassed like a million TikTok followers in six months. It's a pretty cool story, so I thought, you know, cool. I got to take the plunge and get on TikTok and check it out. So, I'm, Dude, TikTok is great. It is. I have to tell you, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm uh, there's a couple things I'm working on right now, but I'm getting ready to remove uh, Facebook and Instagram and all of them off my phone, and I'm going to only have TikTok. TikTok is actually educational. It's funny. Um, you know, you don't have all the BS there. Now, you have some of the flat earthers there and shit, right? But you just you could just watch those and laugh. Um, but, D Doug, you're not a flat earther, are you? No, I'm not a flat earther. <laughs> okay, good, good. I didn't want to disrespect somebody that's on my show. <laughs> that's fine. I've seen the pictures from But space. I think I could disrespect you. If you were a flat earther, <laughs> that is one argument. I can I could just disrespect you and like 90% yeah. of my audience would be like, yeah, you shouldn't believe in that. I would take that. it. Anyway. I believe in birds too. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> I believe in birds. <laughs> so yeah, dude, it, it's pretty wild. So, okay, but I love TikTok. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Oh, man. I do love to win. I mean, I hate to lose, but I really do love to win. I love I love the uh, the rush of winning. So I'm going to go That's with awesome. that one. Skill or luck, two things we believe uh, got you into who you are today. Which ones do you think has been a bigger oh, factor in your life, man. skill or luck? I don't know. It's hard to say skill for me, but I'm not a giant believer in luck. So um, maybe it's a mix of both. Sometimes I use the word blessed instead of luck, but... Uh, um, you know, I think uh, I think some hard work and just plug, just plug, plug, plugging is uh, it's been the key for me. Uh, it's been our story of everybody. Yeah. I, I got to tell you that that is that is the damnedest truth <laughs> right there. It is. Now, take us back to high school, diapers doesn't matter, yeah. college. In three to four minutes, bring us forward to where you are today and how you got sitting in that chair. Yeah, sure. Um, well, you know, I got into this business about a dozen years ago. I'm I'm uh, uh, 43, so I was in my 30s and had a family, and I kind of was searching for something next. I, I my background out of uh, I went to the University of Buffalo, and um, and I was a photographer. I worked for um, in the in the news business, so I worked for uh, newspapers and magazines, some of the some of the big guys, some of the national publications. And it was a great gig. I, I covered sports and politics, all the fun stuff. So I photographed uh, the president. You know, I photographed uh, championship uh, pro sports, all that kind of good stuff. But um, you know, around 2008-ish, when uh, when we had the big economic hiccup, it um, you know it was kind of made me think, man, I, I just can't see myself doing this for the next like 30 years and retiring. Um, you know, a lot of the money kind of got sucked out of print media, and that's where um, that was sort of sort of what what we worked on. So I'm like, what else could I do? And one thing that always hung me up in that gig was that there's only one of me. You know, I, I couldn't replicate myself and send myself to five different assignments at a time. So I was like, I really liked the idea of a business that was, you know, kind of had residual uh, income and that you could grow in a sort of exponential way not just based on your time. So I kind of did this like little soul search <clears throat> and I'm like, do I want to try and get into like go to law school at 30 or something like that? And I knew some people in this business. I was always kind of intrigued by it. And uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to go get a license and see if someone will let me come work for them. 
I found uh, I found an agency here in town that said, yeah, you know, you can come come. Here's a desk. Here's a phone. We'll give you a 60-40 split, and um, and you can and you can have at it. So um, I think I just never gave up. I just kept kept plugging away, and mm-hmm. um, and it's and it eventually sort of turned into something. And here um, we're just coming up on our five-year anniversary of being out on my own. So. It's um it's Fantastic. been really good. Yeah, it feels great. Yeah, that was probably uh was that a scary thought to go out on your own like that? It really was, you know. I, and I'll give my wife some credit. She's awesome for giving me um for giving me a push. She was kind of like, you know, don't don't worry about the how so much, just decide you're going to do it. And uh once you sort of make that decision, you know, the details will sort of fall into place. And uh, that was really great advice, and that was true. You know, I think I thought about it for a bit, but I was sort of hung up on like, how could I make it work? You know, how can I uh, kind of quit my job and start out with a family? And um, and uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to take the plunge, and you know, we survived. <laughs> here we are. You know, and here we are, better than we were before. Absolutely. And so, so what does your agency makeup look like? Yeah, so we're um, we're primarily uh, commercial lines. You know, we work with a lot of contractors. Uh, we do a lot of um, E&O for like attorneys and accountants, stuff like that. Okay. Um, we work uh, maybe some social service organizations like um, uh, as well and some schools, some specialty schools. It's kind of like what we focus on mostly. But I'd say okay. we're sort of a generalist. We're probably about 70% um, commercial. We do a bunch of personal lines too. And... Um, and uh, you mentioned uh, uh, David Crothers a little bit ago. You know, we, we've uh, embarked a year and change ago on the Killing Commercial, and it, that's been really cool because it's new, uh, focusing on a lot of um, a lot of uh, middle market stuff. So we're writing some bigger stuff than we're used to, and doing a little bit more risk management for some of those larger accounts, and that's been really nice. That really has been nice. Um, you know, and I say because I've fallen along the same thing. Um, and, and it's, uh, it's really, it's so frustrating to not be seen as a professional, but what's funny is, is you can try to get that out of people as much as you want, but when you start acting like a professional and you start carrying yourself like a professional, it's amazing how people will start treating you like a professional. And one of the things that we say when we go into businesses now, when I'm sitting down in front of that whale is, is listen, Hey, we're. We're, we're an insurance uh, provider. We can, we can help you with your insurance. That's what we do. But I want to clear the air right now that we do not consider ourselves insurance agents. We consider ourselves risk advisors. Now, when I first used to say that, uh, Doug, I would say, hey, we're, we're not insurance agents. We're risk advisors. And I realized like after a couple meetings, they were all asking me the same question. That, like right before I'd leave, they'd say, now, all this sounds great and stuff, but you can help us with our, your insur- our insurance, right? And I would be like, why are they asking <laughs> us that after I just sat down with them for 45 minutes? Well, I realized I was giving them so much advice and I had c- categorized myself as a risk advisor that they're kind of thinking, so I just get the advice from you and then I go buy the insurance from somewhere else, right? So that was kind of like, I wouldn't, I'm telling you all that to loyal listeners to know that you got to watch what you say sometimes. But I do take it as a sense of pride that when we're riding these whales and we're helping these 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 people, 
Like we're truly helping them. We're not just helping them with their premium. We're help, helping them better ex- make their businesses more excellent, creating a more safe work environment, creating a plan and process so in case something happens, they do. I like to say all the time to my clients, you can be as safe as you want, but shit happens. And when shit happens, do you have a plan? Right. That's that's the key. Because all the other agents are going, oh, you just need to get more safe, you know? And it's like, well, what the hell does that mean? You know, no one can be perfectly safe. And so... I really like what you're saying there because that is one of the things that David really, um, David didn't write the the book on how to do whales, but what he did is, is he has a caring enough nature to say, Doug, sit down for a minute and just listen to me. And let me explain a few things to you differently than probably what you've been told before and tell me what you think. And when you listen to him, you're like, well, some bitch that makes (laughs) sense. You know, he puts it in a great way. He's really succinct. Um, and how he expresses it, and 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 I think you know what I love about this business is that you get to help people, like you said. You know, I mean, from the outside looking in, I guess there's maybe a stereotype about insurance agents or something like that. But you know, to to go into an organization and make like meaningful changes to help them and to keep people safer and to to try and control their bottom line so they can grow, so that they can bring more people in. Uh, and give them a livelihood, you know, it's like, I think you're, you're really doing meaningful work and it feels good. It yeah. feels great to help feels people good. in that way, you know, and that's, that's a cool part about this business, the, if not the coolest part, really. Yeah, it really does. It does sound, it sounds really, it feels really, really good. And on oh, down, I guess my lights out, lights out back there. <laughs> I just now realized it wasn't on, but, uh, so, so, when you guys, uh, how long have you, were you dealing with large whales and large commercial or was it, it was it some you were dabbling in and then you met David? Yeah, I would say, um, we were, we were always working on some bigger accounts, but not really middle market accounts. So I would say some of our largest accounts might've been, you know, some contractors in New York, in New York contractors pay a lot of premium. So you might not be an enormous organization, but, um, you know, you still might have like a six-figure annual premium when you wrap in your GL and auto mm-hmm. umbrella, certainly your comp. So so we worked on a number of accounts like that for a while. But but to go into some of these bigger things where you're, you know, diving into the mod and the work comp and, and trying to analyze and control that, that's been a next step for us. You know, we weren't really so much um, doing that. You know, it just kind mm-hmm. of maybe was what it was back in the old days for us. And... Um, you know, we might make some suggestions on uh, a return to work program or something like that. But now we're like more involved in kind of trying to set it up and actually do it. And, um, you know, we mm-hmm. have taken on some new softwares that um, allow us to bring a lot more value to the client, I guess, in that way, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, so, I mean, have, is it just you um, going after some of the larger accounts or do you have other producers in your office that are doing it as well? Yeah, right now it's mostly me. I I had a great person and life sort of changed for him during COVID. So, um, you know, there's uh, four of us here total, but it's, um, it's mostly me going after, uh, going after the big ones. So I'd love to, I'd love to get somebody in here and kind of train them and show them the light. That's my goal for 2022. So just looking for the right. Doug, I want to tell you, so I, that that was my goal as well. I have two, um, that, uh, they're both 22 year olds, uh, gentlemen. 
Um, and so I decided just like I had with my book of business and going all in David and what he had taught me, um, I decided I'm going to do what David talks about when it comes to training producers and I'm not going to train them in everything. I'm going to train them in workers comp. I'm going to, we have enough people in our office that can go in and get the, the P and C all the rest of the lines. And one of the things that I, that I realized was Number one, it's a lot easier for me to train just work comp than anything. I mean, it really, really is. I mean, I, I will be honest. I thought that someone should be able to pick up work comp probably in about three days. It did take it a little bit longer for them to kind of understand it. But I also think it's because they're both 22. If you had a 32 or 42 year old, would have went a lot quicker in that um, sense. Yeah. But these are guys who got who joined us in June got licensed at the end of August and they're both getting ready to each write um, their first account. One's about 125,000. I think the other's 145,000 in work comp. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's really awesome. And I was not writing those. I mean, I sit around and think about before I knew David, like I, I'm sitting in front of this account the other day, Doug, it's $565,000 work comp youth home. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself as I'm waiting for the CFO to walk in the door and the human resource director, I'm sitting here thinking, three years ago, I never would have thought I'd be sitting in front of an account that's 500 and some thousand dollars. I wouldn't think I had the confidence enough to do that. And yet here I am. And same thing with them. I mean, they're, they're, they're writing. Now, one of the guys is only getting the workers comp because that's what we lead with hardcore. The other place is basically said, we want you to quote the, the, the package as well. So we're doing that as well. But I mean, for these guys here who have not made more than $25,000 in a year, their whole life, and they're possibly going to make a little bit more than that at one sitting. I know. This is like an eye-opening thing to them. I'm thinking to myself, God, I wish someone would have shown me this when I was 22 years old, you know? And so that's what we've done with David. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that that's great. And, you know, it's always a challenge to get a producer, I think, up and running, you know, because a lot of small hits and kind of the traditional way of doing this, you start writing all those personal lines and other smaller commercial stuff. Well, you know, it takes yes. a lot of that business to, to get a, a, you know, a livable income. But if you're chasing some of this uh, larger stuff, it's not as hard as people think. It's maybe not as hard as you or I always used to think it was. And there's so much value that you can bring. That's part of what we've learned. But you know, one of the things I love about comp is it's like you're covered or you're not, you know, it's relatively straightforward. It's not like, you know, some of these crazy types right. of things where there's a lot of nuance to learn and, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to screw this up. It's like the policies in force, you're covered. And, mm -hmm. um, and then getting into that back end stuff. I mean, we're talking to people all the time that just no one has ever spoken to them about their mod. No um, in New York, we have these different tiers so it's not an NCCI state here. New York does its own thing. And then um, if a carrier wants to charge a different rate, they, they have these different tiers that they can use. So you might think that you're with, um, you know, carrier A, but really carrier A is like writing on like 10 or 20 different um, uh, carriers, pay, you know, different paper, paper. for each mm -hmm. tier. So, um, you know, sometimes you find somebody with a low mod, but they're in a high tier. 
and you can say, ah. hey, you know, um, this is something we can help you correct. And they're like, man, no one's ever explained any of this stuff to us before. So wow. there's been that's some, like another layer on top of the mod. Yeah, yeah. correct. So um, so it's been a lot of fun. I mean, and we've we've had some nice hits to show for it. Um, this year we we wrote like I think the biggest single policy ever. You know, it was like a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar work comp policy or something like that. Bam, and we bam. kicked off twenty twenty one with that. And, um, and, and we've written some other good ones too. So it's been, it's been great. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him, I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed, let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia, we saw his operation, and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at Virtual Intel, that's with two L's, that's virtualintell.com. Go check us out, see what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology, delivered right into your agency, and you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just, there's so much stuff, I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel, cast certified. I, I say it all the time, Doug. One of my things that I do um, is that I'll be talking to the person, uh, to the human resource director. We go into their office. We sit down. I'm there for the 20-minute meeting. And I, I'll, in the first literally 30 seconds, I will explain to them, hey, I just want to let you know that part of our marketing, we use the word, how come no one's ever told me that before? Because I want to let you know, you're probably going to think that to yourself a lot over the next 20 minutes. And I'll have under, I'll help you justify it, but I just want you to know that it's probably, how come my agents never told me that? How come no one's ever told me that before? If you think that, please just let me explain, right? That's great. Five, 10 minutes into the meeting, five to 10 minutes into the meeting, you see it, you see their, their gears spinning and you kind of stop and you look and go, let me guess, no one's ever told you that before. And they'll always laugh. It is the greatest icebreaker because they'll be like, yeah, dude, that no one ever has. So um, you're either full of shit and you need to explain yourself or, you know, or I need to be calling my agent and you're kind of, no, no, let me explain myself, you know, and it makes great sense too when you start explaining it. It it really does because they're thinking of themselves. And I mean, I'm going to tell you this and loyal listeners, this is for you too. I have yet to talk to one. I have not talked to one. When I say one, I don't mean maybe kind of this. I have yet to find somebody who can explain to me what their modification factor is and why it's important to them. 
Even after I'm in there for the 20 minute meeting, even after I'm in there, I mean, I'll sit there and say to them, okay, do, do you still have any clue? Have you, has you, has anybody ever explained this to you? And they're like, no, nah, I just know that it, when it goes up, it's not good. You know? And when I, and the reason I say that Doug, is you know, this to be the truth as well, but to the loyal listeners, not one person I've spoken to in the last two and a half years specifically about this. And I'm going to say it's been over 500 have been able to say, yeah, I know what a modification factor is, you know, and then they start telling you and, and it's not like they want the definition. They can't, they don't even have a, they have no re understanding of why it is even affecting them and what it's about. And it's, and, and when I say that, um, Doug, um, and loyal listeners, alarm bells should be going off in your head, loyal listeners. That this is something that everybody has on their work comp policy and is a driving factor as to why they pay a lot of money and nobody, no employer has any clue about it. And, and to me, every time it just drives me more and more to know that this is what I'm doing. And that's why I did that with my two young producers and they are just off to the, uh, to the races. Now, one of them, you got some serious uh, stuff going on there. There's cops going by and all kinds of stuff going on out there. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the uh, sorry about the noise if it's coming through. I can barely hear them, but because your microphone's good at blocking out, but I just see all these cop cars flying by with their lights on. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking, man, there there's some major going stuff on. going on over there. <laughs> it's a busy day in so, Buffalo, so yeah, I guess so. It's nice out, no snow. <laughs> Everybody's out like robbing places. Right. So, 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 anyways, um, yeah, and and you know what? What's funny is. I didn't mean to go this direction when it comes to that, but I had kind of forgot that you had uh, been a CBKer as well, your, your yourself. So um, it's it, it's been. I have to say, I, there's my agency before, and there's my agency after. I, I agree, you know, and I, it's like, you know, I think when you're in an agency, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming at you all the time. And um, a lot of it's very cool and a lot of it's very expensive and there's things you'd like to do. Maybe there's things that, you know, you might try to plan for down the road. And, and it, we sort of just did it impulsively. I, 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 I talked to uh, David and kind of heard about it. And I, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, man, this is what, um, this is what we need. And um, I think it's really cool that he's doing it. And I think like with your podcast and, and uh, the, the, you know, it, there's it's such a way to communicate to people in our business that never really existed before like when i got into the business and i remember these guys sort of offered me this compensation package and i was like i wonder if this is good or not you know and i was like trying to google this is like you know 2010 or something and just find any other information about like the business or other people getting into it or just you know, just anything and and it was like there's nothing you know and i remember even over the course of a couple of years I just kind of, you know, I'd, I'd sort of search around trying to find any information where, where you could kind of learn from other people in this business, and it and it didn't exist. So, I think to be able to tune into agency intelligence or join something like uh, uh, CBK Killing Commercial, you know, it's pretty awesome that that's out there now for people, and I just think it makes the business better altogether. You know. Right. It does. And, and think about, and, 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 and this is so important what you're talking about here, Doug, because this has been a monumental shift in a lot of industries. But Randy, uh, Randy Schwantz came out with the wedge back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. That was the golden child book. That was the book of how you would separate yourself out there when it came to um, 
uh, to writing the middle market accounts. Okay. But then what it slowly faded over to is as technology came about, it became how you use the mod. So in 05, 06, 07, that's when they really started teaching and Randy did and other people, but basically it was at the big broker level. You couldn't afford it. I mean, it was five, six, seven thousand dollars to send your producer yeah, right. to learn this, and you didn't get these online courses or anything. You went for two, three days, you learned it, and then you brought it back. And maybe you know Randy or your instructor would maybe get on the phone with you. But why David? And and this hey, takes no discredit away from David, but it's all about timing in life. And why David's in the right spot at the right time is because with all these tools, these podcasts, these, these, uh, you know, the, the Facebook, the sharing, the social, the groups, um, those weren't able to be around back in 04, 05, like they are now. Yeah, right. And all David did was say, Hey guys, I used to work for a big broker and I was kind of taught a little bit how to do it this way. And then I've been in business my own self for four years and I've perfected it. Would anybody else like to learn that? And like, really that, I don't think people understand, Doug, how important that was at that moment. Randy Schwantz was at my um, GROW program, which is, is now BrainShare, nice. in 2017. And we're sitting on top of this uh, hotel and we're, we're the, all the BrainShare people are there. And, and he said to me, he says, you know what, Jason? He said, I would love to teach what I know to a smaller agency. It's just really hard to get them to be able to afford it and for them to put the tools in place to be able to do it. And he says, I'd love to be able to figure something out. And that is where we are now. David came along not knowing that that was a barrier or anything and just basically said, wait a minute, I can teach this to anybody. You don't have to be all this and that. And I think um, this will affect the big brokers. That is the power of what David is do, doing is those big brokers have always been stuck if it was a $200,000 account or more, the main street agent wasn't getting it. Now we're in there popping them. I mean, up to 500,000, that's a market for us, you know? I agree. And, um, you know, at that level, there's not a lot of competition, right? In my town, there's probably like um, maybe three or four operations that I can think of that are that are reliably writing those kind of accounts or known for those kind of accounts. One of them's a bank. And, um, one of them used to be a bank, but they just got purchased. So, um, you know, mm -hmm. I think that, and when we get in there now, it's, it's great because it's not just, you know, there's an element of control when there's not a lot of competition. Right. And now to be able to go in there and talk about stuff that, you know, people at our size agency, just, you know, the clients aren't used to hearing that kind of thing from us. It's like, That's it, right. it's a great it's a great feeling and it's, it's a distinguisher in a, in a huge way, you know, and again, it's all about bringing that value back to the client. It really, truly is. It really, truly is. I, I, I am, uh, uh yeah. Margins are uh, margins are important. And when you write middle market, the margins are astronomically huge. Yeah, and right. so that's one of the things. Doug, switching to, to, um, topics here real quick. Yeah. Are you a, uh, are you a boater? I am a boater like as a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, that's what I thought. Living there on the lake, I guess. Yeah. Is that the reason why? Got, they yeah. got Lake Erie and the Niagara River here. So, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a kind of short season. It's a May to this year we came out like November 3rd or something like that. But, uh, uh, it's a, it's great. It's great uh, during that time. So we've got kids and as I grew up, my folks had a boat and we spent a lot of time out there. There's something kind of magical about it. So, um, 
There it is. So, you got a sailboat, right? It's a power boat. What do you got? Yeah, power got a boat. Power boat. It's like a thirty-eight foot Chris Craft. It's it's an older steel boat from nineteen sixty-nine, but uh, we can we can kind of stay on it in the summer, and it's um it's fun. It's our That's thing. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I picked that out of uh, David and I always talking about we're going to be fishing uh, whenever we're retired. The problem with it is, is I'm going to retire and be able to retire. He's never going to retire. <laughs> yeah. I keep telling him. I said, dude, quit coming up with fucking shit. Okay. <laughs> you know, sorry. Sorry. Sorry <laughs> about okay. that, loyal listeners. I'm sorry. I thought Doug and I were just talking here for a minute. <laughs> I like tell him, I'm like, just calm down and quit coming up with new stuff. But he just, his, it's the way his brain goes. But him and I are, are, are big into, um, I'm not even a fisherman, but deep sea fishing, I think is awesome. I just really do. When I can throw my, I mean, if I throw my hook in and I get like a bass or a crappie, that doesn't really mean much to me. You know what I mean? But if I can pull it in and I don't know if I'm going to pull out a tuna, a shark or a blowfish, that's fun. You know what I mean? And so him and I have talked about doing that. And so, uh, you're kind of up North there. So you'll have to, it's a long way for you to drive your boat around. You're just going to have to move. Yeah. We just have to move down there. We, when I, when I I started this, uh, agency for almost now, almost five years ago, I was down in a town called Bonita Springs which yep, is between no Fort Myers and, and Naples. And uh, the folks that I started out working for here in Buffalo wanted to open up uh, an operation there around 2013. Oh. And they asked uh, asked me if you know I'd go down and kind of take charge of it. So I sort of cut my teeth starting an agency for somebody else. And after it got up and running, I was like, man, I just want to do this. Uh, I want to do this on my own now. So, so you went down there to Benita Springs? Well, we lived down there for about four years or so. And, um, and, uh, it was a great experience. We loved it. And that's kind of my goal is to get one foot back in there. So, um, uh, we've made a lot of great friends and I just love that Gulf coast area. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to, (laughs) I'd love to get back there as much as possible. What do you think for the next year? 43, 43, you said? Yeah. 43. Yeah. Class of 96. Class of 96. You know, it. that's me too, baby. That's me too. Something's, Something special about that. I love something it. special about that. Yeah. Um, it yeah, it's there is something special <laughs> about that. But uh the uh what was the question? Oh yeah. So you're forty three years old. Um where are you going from here? You're you're growing your business, you're writing whales. Do you wanna do you wanna have multiple locations? Are you looking at saying, hey, by the time I'm fifty, I'm gonna start uh, putting one foot in Florida. What's what's your future? So that's Doug? a great question. It's been something I've been just as the year ends, I've been really trying to sort of rework and just dive into my own plan a little bit better. I think it's so easy to maybe get lost in the day to day when you're just grinding away sometimes. But um, you know, I think I I, th- I think I'm gonna stay. I, I I see myself owning this business for a, like a while at least. I'm not trying to like jump out of it you know we're part of the community here and you know buffalo is kind of a, a small big town i guess you might say and um mm-hmm. but i do um i do miss florida and i could see going back down there and um basically just getting i could go right back to bonita and get an operation going and i think i would love that so um bonita so that's Springs that's awesome. kind of that, that's a kind of sort of part of my plan um you know i think by the time um, I'm 50, if not before, I'd like to have something going down there. So for sure. You have any kids in the business or planning on it? Yeah, it's a great question, right? So, um, you know, my oldest daughter just started college this year. So, um, kids aren't quite old enough yet, but we'll see where they go. You know, it's, um, 
that's something you always sort of think about. You know, part of me thinks it would be great, and another part of me thinks I'd love to see them kind of do their own thing and uh, succeed at it. You know, it's like a great feeling, mm-hmm. I think, as you know, to start a company and make it succeed. And um, not to say they couldn't come in here and take it to the next level or something like that. But, um, but um, yeah, we'll see. You know, I think that I'd be, certainly be open to it. But at the same time, if they go out and set the world on fire doing their own thing, I, I, I kind of wouldn't be sad uh, to see them do that, obviously, either, you know. Mm-hmm. This is a great industry, though, isn't it? It Aren't really you glad is. you got into it? I really yeah, am glad I got into it. You know, it happened sort of by accident. I had a relative who was on the claim side of things and, um, you know, just used to talk about these crazy claim stories. He was in, um, he worked in Marine claims and, you know, he was go up to Cape Cod when somebody crashed their yacht into the rocks or something. And, uh, he was always telling these wild stories and I kind of just sort of seemed cool to me. It just sort of stuck in my mind that like, yeah, insurance. Mm. And when I was going through that journey, I was just like, man, you know, seems like a good business everybody i know that's in this business seems like they have a nice a nice life and it's residual and you don't need to go you know to get a graduate degree in it and you know that's that's kind of how i just fell into it that's awesome that's awesome well doug i i gotta tell you um this went really really fast we've already been at this 35 minutes can't can't actually believe it um, but uh, any last minute things you want to say or say to the loyal listeners or anything loyal like that? Loyal listeners, man? of which I am one. I don't know. I, I guess I would just say, and I'm on this thing, just keep plugging. If you're out there and you're like, man, I've been doing this for a little bit and I'm just not hitting it out of the park yet. You know, it takes takes a minute to get up and running and it takes some time. Just keep uh, keep plugging away. Don't give up on the five yard line. That's right. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. You know, believing. just like the song says, don't stop believing. <laughs> you know what Doug, I, I really say. greatly appreciate I greatly appreciate you um, and for what you do. And thanks for being that voice in our industry. I'm really glad for people like David because he brings people like you and I together. And now that right. we actually kind of have talked with each other, maybe next time we get together, we will have a cold, refreshing beverage. I'm looking when forward to When I saw you it. in Tampa, I was in 75 hard, so I couldn't drink. That's why <laughs> I was real lame, just like standing around. People are coming up to me like, man, are you all right? I'm like, no, I'm just not drinking. You know? It's just, so well, I, I say, really normally – go ahead. Uh, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was, I was going to say, I, I saw everybody down in San Antonio. I was like, why is everyone going to San Antonio? I had some major FOMO going on there. That looked like uh, – that looked yeah. like an incredible event. Well, you're going to get an invite this year for the uh, Brain Chair, which is in Kansas City. Nice. Um, and, I mean, there's just cops just pouring behind you. Yeah. I mean, just well, we are across the street from cop. a police station. You can't see Okay, it, I was going to say, I'm like, yeah. dude, they're just freaking like, I'm thinking we need to turn on CNN. <laughs> Something's happening in fucking Buffalo right now. <laughs> So, so anyways, but anyways, uh, uh, but yeah, dude, I appreciate you at April 27th and 28th in Kansas city, nice. Missouri uh, is where we'll be having brain share. So you'll be getting an invite. Great. Greatly appreciate you, man. Um, all you loyal listeners, you know what I do? Cause I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. And this today has been Doug Benz, where I gave you a real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass. He's Benz. Don't call him Mercedes. We're out. Thanks Cass. <laughs>